Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm looking forward to this pod. Indeed. I'm imagining there will be a lot of people who are listening to this podcast for the first time inspired by how amazing that rugby was. Um, let me tell you, you found the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast, the premier podcast in the world. We're going to get into it in a minute. I just need you to know after that weekend of rugby, I have come armed with every bit of music we might need to reflect how epic that was. How much music is that? I've got the Inception horns. Yes. I've got the Carmen Barana. Yeah, I've got the 999 theme tune from back in the day. Good. <laughs> and obviously for when we talk about some of the, the players we love the most, still got the Brokeback Mountain music. Um, you seem to have missed one. What's that? The Corp DM music from Super League when they, when they score a try. Oh, I might try and find it in the next couple of minutes, but I've got this bit of music now to start the podcast. Here we go, ha- uh, hands in pod on three. One, two, three, Pod! pod. Where the hell do we start after that weekend of rugby? Uh, well, th- thank you once again for finding us, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Uh, you can catch us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, on iTunes, on the Acast app is where you can listen and leave your reviews on iTunes and all the rest of it. Thank you very much for doing so. Uh, JB's here. Good day, Tim. Phil's here. Hi, Tim. I'm Tim. And I've, can you remember a better day of rugby than that? No. Not personally or internationally. <laughs> <laughs> what what out of your personal <laughs> memory can you was better than that? Uh, dr- getting dragged up on a coach to Vale Loon, getting spanked by a team that have lost their last twelve games, and then getting back on the coach from Vale Loon and going home miserable. <laughs> so somewhat clouded uh, memories of uh, this weekend. I, I can't remember anything even close to that. Nothing at all. It was unreal. It was unreal because this might be the first time in a long time we've seen all the games played, and none of the teams know how they need to play them. Yes. Except for Wales. Wales knew they had to score a load of points. But even even when they scored a load of points, they don't know how many is going to be enough. No. Which is the same with Ireland. Mm. They knew how many to beat Wales, but then they had no idea what England can possibly do afterwards. So they've just got to go out and score, and then left England basically trying to ca- catch everyone up. Yeah. It, it was fantastic. It was a really, really special day, um, and I hope that this brilliant brand of no-defence rugby long may it continue oh, I thought this this weekend was international no-defence weekend yeah I think it, I think you're right there yeah. Jay. I think it that would was. explain that U- UN disarmament week <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is that, that, that we're not going to get that in the World Cup we're not going to get that in most Six Nations it was just one of those days there was good weather 
there was every team knowing they just had to score loads of points or pretty much they might as well pack up and go home. Yeah, Wales knew that I think they were 27 points behind or something like that going into yeah. um, their their game. So they knew they had to score a lot of points. And even, that first half was very conservative considering what they needed to do. Yeah, And then the second half, it just exploded, didn't it? Well, Se- also, 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 you got to remember it was the fact that none. it was the three top teams against the three bottom teams just happened yeah. to be the way yeah. it felt like that. So the three bottom teams were going all out. They had nothing to lose. The top teams had knew they had to get points. It was just the perfect storm to provide one of the best weekends of rugby you can imagine and solidifying the fact that this is the best annual rugby tournament in the world. Yes. yes. Comfortably. <laughs> how do we make rugby like that all the time? Because this weekend is so good, it's almost ruined everything going forward. I mean, we watched uh, the LV Cup final today. A really good final. But we just couldn't get into it because it, it didn't compare to the excitement and the I exhilaration know. that we've just yeah. uh, just witnessed. Yeah, well, I I kind of felt that Wales, um, what sparked Wales into life in that first game was injury to Halfpenny. Uh, Halfpenny I- goes down, Scott Williams comes on. I don't know, he must have had like a message on from Warren Gatland saying, all right, boys, go, go and party. And that, that's exactly what they did. He, he, he and Liam Williams make that team so much more attacking and they just go. Yeah, Liam Williams, it's, it's mm. partly, so Liam Williams went to fullback and he was willing to run everything from anywhere, which was great. And the other side of it was, uh, it felt like in that second half, Italy just switched off a bit. They had no defensive shape. They had no commitment to the tackle. They were trying to tackle one up and falling off tackles, but it just made it so exciting, didn't it? Yeah, uh, the, I think the it's hard to see what you can take out of the Wales game because Italy were poor in in the second half and they just opened up. But the one player that's really stood out for me was probably Ken Owens. Ken Owens looked absolutely. Well, actually, no, that's not, that's not true. Yeah. Say Ken Owens. Ken Owens, Scott Williams, Liam Williams. The guys yeah. who you wouldn't consider as regulars. Uh, yeah, exactly that. I, I've got a lot of time for Liam Williams. And no. I think you called it before the tournament that you hoped he'd be picked instead of... Well, I, well, it, no, I didn't actually. I, yeah, I wasn't I, a huge fan of him. I, I was saying... Oh, was it Phil saying? Yeah. Sorry. It was yeah. when, when Jay was arguing that uh, Gatlin just picks the best players yeah. and we were saying that he just picks um, the biggest... Massive players. Yeah, the biggest players. Um, and... But, that I mean, that boy comes to play. He's, he just he just loves playing rugby. Yeah, it runs. Might not be the biggest, might not be the most technically proficient, but just exciting. Just runs everything from anywhere. It strikes me as a kind of one of those South Walian types with a bit of a screw loose. <laughs> Mind you, most of them are to be fair. And uh, Mr. North, yeah, yeah. just the phenomenon that he is. He's. Uh, I just I know it's really simple, and there's not, but that little step and go. For a man that size yeah. to step to to stand up, Luke McLean, and then just there you go, I'm gone. Yeah. I just hope he's not turning into the Patrick Cliver of rugby, which is when the opposition's rubbish, he'll score <laughs> you know, score a shed load. <laughs> but then when he does play against the best teams, they know how dangerous he is, so that they will overmark him. What about him carrying Izzy Falau yeah. on his yeah. shoulder for that the will... Lions? Yeah, I love that highlight because he does carry Izzy Falau. And then they cut it off because he then plants his head on the floor. I think he either goes off or he's, he, he's he, injured for he, a long, long time. He looked in a bad way after yeah. that. He definitely should have uh, had concussion protocol after that. Mm. So as a, how did you find watching that game, Jay, being a Welshman? Exhilarating. I mean, the first off was a bit worrying. Were you, I was going to say, how, how, how worried were you at half-time? Well, I wasn't that worried because I was getting changed to play Vale of Loon. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we had a smartphone 
and we were actually watching it until literally up, up until kickoff because that's how detailed our warm-ups are in Broughton Park now. So uh, I watched it up until I think the second to last try, which was um, uh, was it an Italian try or was it a Wales try? Uh, yeah, it's not the, the last try. Yeah, the very last try was the Italian try, which was a brilliant little twist in the storyline, yeah, wasn't it? The, it the, was the, the, the theatre that was. Saturday the 21st of March. This is in no way sour grapes, and it's certainly not... Is it the, the Welsh... Who, 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 who had that headline today? The Welsh Post or someone? What Wales did Online or someone like that. At least we beat the champions. Yes. It really was some Welsh, Welsh paper, wasn't kind of. it? That's very much like um, Worcester when they got relegated <laughs> last year, <laughs> trying to draw some sort of silver lining after they beat Oyanat, who a couple of weeks before had beaten Talon in the top 14, <laughs> saying... I don't think it's we, Toulon. We think it was, beat the team... It was. It was, it was Toulon. It was. We beat the team who beat the team that won the European Cup. <laughs> yeah. Well done, yeah, you're, guys. You're clutching at straws there. Yeah. Well, I, just didn't, I didn't like it. It's in bad taste uh, for start. But I kind of don't think that winning the Six Nations was the be-all or end-all. At the end of this tournament, I think Wales feel like the strongest team. Well, I think... Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, those three teams that, that, that finished, they could have been... Any one of them could be one, one two and three. But, I, I, I think... All the teams, bar Scotland and Italy, will take a lot of positives out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that England finished, and although they didn't win, but the way they actually played rugby and put, to put 55 points on France is quite incredible. And but, besides the Ireland game, England played some really, really good yeah. good rugby. i just like to have an appeal to the RFU. In Wales and Scotland, and maybe even Ireland, when the international teams play, the club teams don't play. Can we stop playing on, on international weekends, please? Please. <laughs> Because I've played every weekend other than oh. last weekend. Oh, you mean down at amateur level? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think there is some sense here because in Wales, there's only like three million of us and there is literally a chance that you might get called up. So they say, right, <laughs> no one's playing, just just on the off. Uh, but in England, we play through it, which is just a nonsense. You'd have to restructure the league, have fewer teams, and then you can have the weekends off. So I only have 10 teams in each league. Yeah, or just and- play a bit longer or whatever it may be. Yeah, but they need to do something or early, or, or early kickoffs. The other thing yeah. as well, if both the, teams to agree. The other argument is uh, in Wales is people like to go and watch the games, and obviously it's a small nation, and people that play rugby go and, go and watch the rugby. Whereas Twickenham, if you don't own a Range Rover, you're probably not going. There's unless unless you're on good terms with Canterbury, as as yes. as the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast is, who are brilliant, and th- we all want to thank them for their their help and support through the through the Six Nations. Nice one, Canterbury. Um, they have made sure that the winner of our Six Nations Fantasy Rugby Tournament, which featured over 600 teams, and thank you very much for getting involved, uh, but we'll get to the winner in a little bit, but that winner will be getting £250 worth of Canterbury stash. Lovely Canterbury stash. Yeah, very nice gear, isn't it? Very quickly, before we get back into the Six Nations, I'm conscious that there was other rugby going on. Did you see um, Bismarck Duplessis red uh, in Super Rugby? Uh, I've no. not seen it. I've seen his ridiculous got, kick. Got a four-week ban. Yeah. I know nothing about any Super just, Rugby just, this weekend. Just kick someone in the face, that's it. I'm just, I'm just, just wrapping, really? up, wrapping up the rugby as quick as you can. Because, no, we, you don't want to hear about it. We don't want to talk about it as much. Uh, LV Cup final, yeah, Ben Spencer, last-minute penalty. Whoa! Denied we, Exeter. We can talk about the LV Cup final. Yeah. Saracens won. Move on. All right, we'll talk about it a bit more. <laughs> if we have time, we'll talk about it a bit more later. Uh, here, I want to mention this one as well, because really good weekend in the Championship, which is hotting up and getting yes. towards the business end. Bristol narrowly beat Rotherham by two points. Two points uh, at Rotherham, twenty-five to twenty-seven, and Jersey won by two points over Worcester. Yes, have that, Dean Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so Jersey beat the team 
who beat the team who beat the team that won the European Cup. Jesus. So, hang on. Jersey are now reigning European champions, right? Yes. It does make sense, yeah. No, reigning European champions from two years ago. From two years ago. Because it still counts. Yes. So is there, is there anything else to dissect with that Welsh one? I mean, it was a uh, the, the second. I, I I was watching the second half and just felt a bit despondent. I was really excited at halftime, thinking, right, this is set up. We all made our predictions. What, the predictions last week, you two said Ireland would would come out on top. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I said this would be the time when uh, Stuart Lancaster has the bookend. At one end, there was the Millennium Stadium defeat in 2012, 13, 13, 13. 13. and then the other bookend was going to be yesterday. And uh, I was getting very, very excited at halftime in the Welsh game. <laughs> I felt, <laughs> felt despondent by full time. Yeah. But some awesome rugby. One thing we got uh, tweeted was no one really celebrated with George North when he scored his tries. Yeah. Do you reckon the tweets was suggesting is there any kind of uh, dislike in the camp? Right. Did he not get in with people? Because there's more goals to be scored. That, that kind of attitude, right. like next jobs. So they were, yeah, George North scored as George North does. Yep. Um, let's just get on, get bit, back, bit set of urgency up. up and back. Yeah. yeah, that's that's how I saw it. It, it was quite interesting when uh, I think it was his second try when Liam Williams made the break um, and put him through, and George North had forty meters to go, and Liam Williams was already running back to his own his that, own sticks. Is that because he's got so much confidence in George North? It, mu- it must be. <sighs> he's one hell of a player. He is one hell of a player. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I th- can't believe that's true. I, I think you're probably right. It's more next job, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I, I almost I can't imagine that. Why would you not like the guy that puts food on your table? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so Ireland must have been watching that or aware of it as they were warming up. And basically, it's like right, same same goes. We just got to. This is obsessing this game. You see, Ireland have, have relied upon and have played such. Error-free, as we've talked about many times. Error-free, risk-free. Right, we, we've got to stop using the, these cliches for Ireland after they got battered by by, by Wales. And I know no, that's, that's not a cliche. That's that's what they've. But that, that's that's been their game plan. Yeah, they, they've made they've made the least, okay, let's, let's, least, let's, let's least, be clear. least offloads, least uh, least offloads, um, least errors, least penalties against. Let's be very clear. Everyone's game plan is to make the least errors. So that that it wouldn't <laughs> no. be novel. No, but they were playing a low risk strategy. Low risk strategy yeah. against Wales. No, 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 in I, general. Yeah, and and against England, and okay. even against it, they only scored two tries against Sicily. I think it was two or three, wasn't it? They, they played that low risk rugby. No, I right, I will concede that. Um, but yeah, when they when they had to, so they they knew uh, going into the Scotland game, they had to win by twenty clear points. Did they have to win? Did they have to beat? Beat Scotland Scot- by 20 clear points regardless of... So say if Wales hadn't won by the margin that they won, how, what would they need to win by to beat they England? They were four points behind England in terms of differential, weren't they? Yeah, they, they went into the they went into the Scotland game knowing they had to beat Scotland by at least 20 points. To, to, to jump above to, Wales. To jump above right. Wales, but then not knowing what, what England would happen would with, with England. Yeah, so they n- knew they needed to be more than 20 points ahead. It's quite interesting, though, when they actually did get ahead. So, like you were saying before, Tim, they were playing some great rugby, yeah. running rugby, free-flowing, offloading. And then when they did actually get past that 20-point 20, 20 barrier, they started playing the territory game again. They started kicking the corners, putting the up-and-unders up and having the good kick chase. So it's quite interesting, the, the, the shift between I, that. I noticed that, Phil, and I thought that was an indication of a really mature um, team. Because, like, you know... It, it, England, England's defence just completely went 
they, they, they sort of knew they had to just go attack, attack, attack. Um, whereas Ireland, it was, it, there seemed to be a lot more control over what they were doing. Mm, like, yeah. really, like, cool heads yeah. kind of thing. And it's interesting how much of that will come from Joe Schmidt, because every time it panned to him in the, the box, the, um, the coaching box, he was on a microphone to, to someone, yeah. passing down information, telling exactly what they need to be doing at this stage. Remote, uh, remote control on Johnny Sexton. Yeah, basically. Kick <laughs> X. Remote um, control on control on uh, Sean O'Brien, who was he started to play well because I, I must admit I was starting to think he's not going to be the force he was on the Lions when he was phenomenal. Yeah, but he's been injured and not seen anything of him since. This has probably been his best game all season. Do you know what? Yeah, I, and he's only played. Yeah, I think he played one game for Leinster, then. Uh, the Wolfhounds and then the Six Nations, of which he's missed a couple because of a couple of knocks. I, I tell you what, looking at the sevens now, he is coming into form. I think head and shoulders now is Sam Warburton. Sam Warburton just looks class. Uh, just, I, both I know, do. Just, 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 I know there's a lot, a lot of fans. Just Sartois was awesome. Rob was, was very, awesome. Very uh, I know there's a lot of fans here of Captain Average, and he did do well. <laughs> but I Again. Think, well, yeah, but that's, that's what he is. Captain consistently average. Um, <laughs> War- Warburton is just magnificent. Well, just going back, because I think this whole day, actually, the, the one team that will get mentioned the least, but probably contributed the most to this amazing day of rugby was Italy. Because had Italy not just gone, right, yeah, we, we, we're done, go on, we'll just open the gate, off you go, Wales. And we wouldn't have seen this side of Ireland, because as Phil said... If they weren't, if it wasn't out of necessity, they wouldn't have played this brand of rugby. Yeah. So they opened up, and then England opened up as well. Yeah, which that, allowed France to open up who, as well. Who is the Irish guy? Uh, not Irish guy, sorry, the Italian fella. He always comes on. It seems as a sub. He's a playmaker, but he's got the face of like a fifty-year-old. Or carer. Or carer. Yeah. My <laughs> word, he looks old. He looks like he's got the same agent as Stanley Jean. <laughs> Tough paper round. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he play a bit of a uh, rugby league? About is, is he Who, one of the... or carer? Or carer. Yeah. Or carer played rugby league. Yeah. Oh wow, he's about, a real man then. <laughs> about about fifteen years ago uh, in no Australia. Who? Yeah. Uh, oh, Australia. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is he? Is he an Aussie? I th- I think so. Yeah. I could yeah. be wrong about that. So with the confidence, because uh, again, going back to Ireland style, with the confidence that Ireland would have got from knowing that when they need to, they can open up and find space. Again, they're doing it against Scotland, who have had a good defence, to be fair. Oh, I felt sorry for Scotland. Um, but uh, do you think, you know, Ireland, World Cup, pressure, they're going to go, we back our attack, let's go for it. Or do you think they're going to go, right, no, 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 we'll go back to we'll play if we have to, but... It depends on the situation, I guess. Oh, I, I just think that they will go back to... I can't see them getting too behind. There again, they got behind against Wales. But Wales used the, literally a unique strategy. It's never never been done before. <laughs> it's never been done before. <laughs> Give them all the ball, just let them yeah. attack, and we'll defend it. It has tackles. been done. What was that? Was that, that was, it wasn't Ali, was it? It was a no, famous boxing fight where someone just let the other player box themselves out. Was it not? Yeah, rope a trick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, was it was it Ali? Yeah, that it, was, it was definitely Ali. That wasn't the Rumble in Jungle, was it? Foreman. I, I don't. Know. I don't know. I'm sure someone more knowledgeable than us on boxing will tell us. But it's yeah. basically, I think Rocky. There was one of the Rocky episodes where he did nah, it as well. Now we're talking. Yeah. He, he just he just let the other guy punch himself out, and that then uh, must be a viable strategy. Then if Rocky did it, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> completely. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. That's <laughs> fine. That's that's absolutely fine. You, you were saying you feel sorry for Scotland. Finn Russell uh, again yeah. looks exciting. So Finn Russell, excellent. Uh, I love Stuart Hogg. Like Stuart yeah. Hogg, he's like to think from uh, he's, he's like to think from a film. So Ireland, Ireland are offloading. Scotland look like they're like 
like they're in trouble, about to break. And he just comes in on this sideways angle, intercepts the ball, and he's off. Like, do you, do you know do you know that, that scene where everyone's under siege and all of a sudden the hero just shows up and saves the day? That is Stuart Hogg over and over again. So we need more pictures of him with, like, big explosions and stuff going on in the background. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he always seems to be there to pick off an, off, like, pick, pick off the, an offload or well, intercept a pass and he's what away. if Stuart Hogg had downed the ball? Yes. That's Let a that, very good question. We'll get to some what-ifs in a little bit, I reckon. Yeah. Because uh, there's, 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 there's a few. There's a few. There's quite a few. <laughs> so, Ireland, uh, powerful, dominant, attacking, and then controlled, just got the job done. And, I mean, they must have thought, there we go, yeah. it's ours. Done. Yeah, so the points difference, um, they were 26 points better than England going into it. I think they were uh, 10 points better than Wales. So, the Wales were out of it. England need to beat France by 27 points. What's that music, JB, we needed to get? <laughs> Cobb DM Super League. It's hilarious. It's even more hilarious the fact that they, that they still use it. <laughs> DM Super, Super League. Super League Cobb DM. It's, if you're not a Super League fan and you've never watched Super League, which probably the majority of our listeners... Let's, let's get it up then. Is it epic music? It's so funny. It's so 90s, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> T-R-Y! <laughs> and then here we came. No, no, wait, 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 wait for it to kick in. And this is on every highlights package now. It's been on since 1990 till now. <laughs> <laughs> so then we went to Twickenham. Right, I mean, I was, I was excited about the game. I thought, well, I hope we win first. And then if we can just maybe uh, convince him when that'll be good. I didn't think it would be as close as it was. Uh, I just definitely did. And if I did think it was as close as it was, I thought it would be 26-0 or 29-3. Yeah. Not 55-35. So France had only conceded 46 points in the, the previous four games. Fact. Their defence was the best in the tournament going into this. And then, the well, you know what happened. It was just ridiculous from start to finish. It, it, oh, how many how many tries were there in this game? Uh, uh, 11, 11? 11, I think. Wow. It was incredible. Fact. It was incredible. If there was a worry for England, though, it was out, it was out wide. Every time the uh, the ball was shipped, the French Fijian... <laughs> what's his name again, please? Uh, Nakatasi. Sorry, his, his name again, please, as Eddie Butler would say. Noah Nakatasi. Nakatasi. Thank or, you. Or, uh, and what's the name, uh, what was the name of that uh, French hooker that came on as a replacement? I think, I think I might have his name here. Benjamin Kayser. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjamon. He knows exactly what he's doing. Bonjamon. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't, this idiot. I don't think he does. Ridiculous. Bonjamin Kayser. Oh, God. Wow. I think that was more a sign that England went completely, England went for it. Right from the start, the wings were coming off and they were joining into line everywhere. Maybe. So that when the ball was turned over, like when uh, Young's passed it to Laws and he dropped it and uh, Tillis board, there was not a single person within 15 metres of him. And there'd just been a line out on that side of the pitch and every single Englishman yeah. had looped right the way round and was already on the other on the other half of the pitch. Mm. It was Dan Cole was the closest man and he was 15 metres away and very quickly going further and further away well, as they're, they're trying to chase Tillis' Where board. the French went ahead, there was like this horrible lock on all the French faces. Like, 
my God, we're quite good at this. <laughs> Why have we wasted the last eight weeks well, smoking just, and eating far well, yeah, I thought the two best players in the French side were the two wingers. Oh, definitely. And, and that's not just because it was that game. I, I actually genuinely think potentially, well, no, in fact, the be- I think potentially the best three players, I, the best three rugby playing, the best three rugby players France have are their back three. I think Spedding Uge. was awesome. Yeah. Uge and Uge must secrete something from his glands that just makes him slippery. <laughs> like, if you just can't get hold of him, yeah. if you could get whatever he secretes, it probably makes engines run more efficiently. And, you know, it, he's amazing. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I, 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 that would be the worry for me. I just don't think they're that mature out wide. I think Jonathan Joseph, as good as he is going forward, and Anthony Watson and, and Jack Noll, they don't, they just seem to struggle a bit against real high quality. Uh, uh, and powerful backlines. No, I, I think it was more because they were having to go for it, and yeah, they, they then found themselves out of position, uh, and that that was then exploited. Here's a question, right? If three teams have won handsomely using a strategy of just going for it, why is this not the default strategy? <laughs> Can you answer that? Good question. It is a good question. They have beaten the three bottom teams. Yes. The three top teams have beaten the three bottom teams using hmm. that strategy. Um, I wouldn't. And let's not forget how Ireland awesome watching Wales Ireland was. Anyway, oh, that, that, it, I mean I that was an awesome spe- game. That was an awesome spectacle. Anyway, is it the best game I've ever seen? It's up there. It's in like top five. Uh, this England France game was one of the best. It's infuriating as a, an Englishman, um, just because every time England seemed to score and get back in it, mm. some silly mistake would allow France to coast in from, Ooh, from thirty yards. Now, a very well officiated game. Oh, extremely well officiated. In general, a couple of things were missed. Well, that's uh, why it was good, Phil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I, can, I, can I just play the best moment um, of, of the officiating? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Are you not playing with just lying in the No, he wasn't. He's fine. Yeah. No, he, he moved. Uh, Christopher? Thank you. <laughs> Christopher! Wow. Christopher! <laughs> wow. There was another great moment as well. Morning. But things were wrap when I ref in the game. You will not be finishing this game. Yes, Is that clear? Yes, I suggest you get back to your position yes, and get on with your yes, own sir. game. Yes, sir. Two of you, that behaviour is not acceptable. It ends now. Is that clear? Yes, back you go. I what love was, him. That, I love the respect. That was to Mike Brown, wasn't it? That was to Mike Brown. When, he was just, yes, sir. Yes, when sir. Mike Brown was yes, like, sir. wouldn't make eye contact, was yes, like sir. shifting uncomfortably. Look, looking down like a little primary school boy. Uh, yeah, Mike Brown, I don't... Imagine takes too well to be spoken to in that. Oh, moment. he took it well. He, he, oh, I'm well, sure he did. I'm it, sure he did yes, there. Sir. Yes, sir. But yes, in sir. general, yes, yeah, sir. you could see yeah. he was angry about it, not taking it well. Um, <laughs> but but <laughs> did he, he on the face of it did everything he needs? There to was do. a guy right who um who got yellow carded for Broughton Park a few weeks ago. Joe Noon, his name is. And, uh, he got, does, he have, does he have a huge jaw in relation to Jamie? No, no. Uh, great, <laughs> Incredible very, defensive very good player. Player, player, though, in fairness. But he's a little, little younger and he loses his head. And he got yellow carded for agreeing too vigorously with, with a ref. So he commits a penalty. <laughs> what, like sarcastically no. agreeing? Um, yeah, sure, sir, sure. <laughs> uh, the, the ref gives away the penalty. And he's ang- he's really really angry, mostly with himself. Gets up, he goes penalty for offside. He's I know it's offside. That's why he gave me the penalty. <laughs> <He> went, Yellow card. <laughs> so, sir, he just agreed with you. <laughs> Off. <laughs> it reminds me of playing a sevens tournament where 
all the players had different um, things that they had to do. Like one, <laughs> one guy had to kick every time he got oh, the ball. I want to, is there, one is there guy a... had to throw a fifty-yard pass like as far as he could every time he got the ball. <laughs> and one of them was to uh, to argue with the referee, regardless of which direction the decision was given. <laughs> Sir, how can you give that try for us? It can't possibly be a try. It's a forward pass. He's not grounded it. Well, we played a game uh, yes uh, yesterday where no matter what happened, we had to disagree with our coach during the England game. <laughs> so like he he was getting animated saying sir it was offside like, no absolutely not guy how can that how can that be, be offside did you instigate that by any chance flying in the face of authority it's a very very funny game though <laughs> one observation don't kick it one observation about the, the England game I felt in, in contrast to the rest of the tournament where the bench has made a bit of an impact I actually felt the bench was really weakened England. Um, Kieran Brooks made some really bad handling errors. Yeah. Really bad. I agree with that. Danny Cipriani, he had an opportunity. Oh, just, just Ran m- into touch. I know, it's like two cool, minutes ago. Uh, cool heads he under playing? pressure. Quite work fullback. Out. Fullback. He came on for Watson and uh, Brown went to the wing. Brown went to the wing and he, oh, just, right. he, he just ran himself. That's why I thought it was weird. Though. Ran himself into fullback, although I was a bit upset with Mike Brown just he, doing the little kick through. Lancaster, right. Yeah. 10 metres out. And Brown should have come inside Cipriani yeah. when Cipriani was running to the touch. They should have recognised that. Uh, I don't know what to make of Lancaster. I gave him all the credit in the world after the England, England victory over Wales. I thought that was a significant victory. And I thought they were on a, 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 an upwards trajectory. But I just don't know what to make of him now. It, the way he's treated da- Danny Cipriani over the Six Nations has been pretty ropey. What are you talking about? Um, Lancaster. Treat, the way he's treated yeah. Danny Cipriani? So like when what, he needs... selecting him in the squad and then in the 23? Yeah, but why? I mean, what, so what do you mean and why? He's not there to be a fullback. They need someone to change the game against Italy. They gave him three minutes. Uh, there was an injury. Uh, sorry, Ireland. Ireland. And they gave him three. And they only gave him th- uh, three minutes. So, um, George Ford. George, uh, how many caps has George Ford got? Less than ten, and he's going to be England's ten in a World Cup. I'd give him every single minute. Uh, and England were, but they're chasing the minutes, game. But they, they were effectively chasing the game as well because they were coming back into it in the last ten minutes. Uh, he, he needed some some game time and bringing them on. I mean, why? I, I feel. He either doesn't trust Cipriani, or he just does, doesn't really want him there. I don't understand this, because we live, we live in Manchester, and I, I listen to a load of Sale fans, sort of in a one-eyed fashion, bleating exactly what you've just said. I, I, I agree with them. And I, I just don't get it, because, George, let me just say again, George Ford is our 10, and has got less than two handfuls worth of caps. Mm-hmm. He's going to be England's playmaker and main man and decision-maker in a World Cup. And understanding how to... Either chase a game because that was equ- the equivalent of being twenty six points behind. So you're saying that giving no, no, George or, Ford or, experience is more important than than playing the right players well, in the right situation. When Owen Farrell, it, assuming Owen Farrell's fit for the World Cup, who who are the two tens going to be in, in his squad? It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be Ford and then Farrell I'm, with Cipriani as your third man. See, I kind of think maybe that, even Henry Slade because he can occupy more yeah, positions in the, in the back. Now you're talking, yes, um, and, and that allows you to have an out and out back three because Slade covers. Yeah. No so, why, so why give Cipriani minutes just to keep Cipriani involved and happy and when, you've, when, involved. You've, when you've got a 10 well, who needs every minute he can before the okay. World Cup? There's a couple of things here. Do you uh, categorise giving George Ford game time over, over winning a game? If the answer is yes, well then I I can see your point. Well, I, I, never, I, don't, understand how, I don't understand your point. And, and this is where I think Danny Cipriani is going to be the third choice because he is like more of the same of George yeah. Ford, only not as good at kicking. What do you mean off like off well, the tee? George Ford's kicking off the tee's been excellent in the Six Nations. Uh, yeah, okay, maybe. I'd say he's a better outer hand kicker though. I think he's probably the best outer hand kicker. Well, no, him, him Myler, probably. Myler, but 
you know, one, like one and one A. But also on that same note, uh, if Cipriani is your second guy, because I think he does a lot of things naturally better than Farrell. He's a na- he's a better natural rugby player than Farrell. If he went, went went with Cipriani, I'd understand that. And he's only one injury away from playing an you know an entire World Cup game. Cipriani should have had more time. And I don't think he'll get any more time because I don't think Lanc- well, Lancaster trusts to him. To win by 26 points. Let's just let's put that one. Stuart Lancaster's whole focus was winning the game by 26 points. Mm-hmm. And they came within a hair's breadth of doing they that. They didn't do it, though, And George they? Ford was absolutely instrumental in that. I don't understand what taking off George Ford and bringing on Danny Cipriani for a longer would have done to have made England closer to achieving their objective. I'm not saying it was the right decision for this game, but certainly three minutes at the end of Ireland was not the right decision. I know but that. But he didn't, he didn't bring him on at 10 there. Yeah. He I, brought I, him on because of an injury to yeah, another player. So, I, actually, if you're chasing the game, I think I would go for, go, go for, that, go for Danny Cipriani. Over George Ford? I think so. I, I, I wouldn't, personally. I, I, I wouldn't. It's not the given that a replacement will come on. And I don't think he threw him on against Ireland because he was a replacement. I think he threw him on because a player had taken a knock. I would say I, you probably want someone to, someone to change the game. And if you have him many points down against Ireland, bring, bring him on, see what he can do. And that's exactly what exactly what what, what I would have done. But, oh, okay, okay, exactly. Well, yeah, th- but that, I don't understand that's your what opinion, you, I don't understand but... what you get from Cipriani that you don't get from Ford. I think Ford's got everything Cipriani you think got. Ford, and, can do and everything more. Cip- Ford is better than Cipriani in every department. I think I'd rather have George Ford at ten. Simple. Yeah, I think he's better at virtually every. I think Cipriani's probably a little bit quicker. That's about it. I would say Cipriani and George Ford. Uh, there's not much in them. I think I think George Ford's got more development. I think Cipriani's probably a little bit steadier. A, probably, like I say, a, a bit quicker, and he's probably be, be, better to a, to a opening up the game. I don't think so. I think no, I, know, I, re- I, I, think really, so. I really don't think so. I mean, he, he, when he's gone to he's say He's definitely it, a better out-of-hand kicker. Definitely. I, I, I don't fact, agree. I don't, be, I don't agree with that either. I, I really don't agree with that. Mm. I think his out-of-hand kicking is average at best, and some it, of his decision-making as when to kick is very poor. Some of his decision-making about when to run at a touchline when you're trying to when <laughs> you're trying to win a game, yeah. or when to run into touch. <laughs> anyway, I think we're getting into an area we don't need to talk about. Cause, um, I enjoyed that. Because George Ford... <laughs> Um, George Ford was, has been one of the best players of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yes. Comfortably. And, uh, and uh, I think we should focus on his amazing attack in rugby rather than whether Cipriani got three or four minutes mm. well, in okay, a different position. Well, okay, let's talk about tens. I have a theory, and it goes something like that. If you have uh, the three best tens in a single squad, and one of those tens is done, is, is done bigger, it doesn't matter who the other two tens are, Dan Bigger will always start. That, that, that is my new theory. <laughs> okay, so hypothetically... Hypothetically, yeah. Next, two, two tens. So, uh, Gitto, yep. uh, Dan Carter, yep. and Dan, Dan Bigger. Yep. And Dan Bigger would eventually up, get a start and he would never lose that job. He would up his game to the point that he <laughs> <Yeah>. is... <laughs> if, if the best ten in the world is in that squad, he will become the what best ten happen, in the world. Right, in that situation is, one would get injured... And then the second one would get injured, then Dan Baker would finally get his chance and he would never lose that starting job ever again. <laughs> and he's done it in Ospreys, he's done it in... Where, I don't think he's ever been like, dropped. He's like the Tom Brady of rugby. Exactly the, what the, he is. The American footballer who he was, was, the, was a, a ninth round or seventh round pick or something for the New yeah. England Patriots. He's now one of like, the best quarterback of all he, time. He would do... Dan Baker would do just enough to keep, to <laughs> keep that job. <laughs> Um, uh, interesting theory. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fact. It's not it's a a, sorry, interesting fact. Very interesting. I um, just g- going back to the England game. I, I think again, and I well, if if I listened back to some podcasts from a year ago, 
I think I'd be saying, I know that I was saying different things, but with every single game, and I still think it's going to be too early for England with, with this World Cup, um, but I think with every game, Chris Robshaw becomes more of a leader. Yeah, he just becomes more, more Chris Robshaw. And more doesn't he? of an international calibre player. Yeah. And I thought he was absolutely awesome again. Yeah. I, I think he's a good leader. Yeah, I, I, think, he, I think he is. I think, I, like I say, he's good at everything, which is not outstanding. I thought there was a few players who were really outstanding. I thought uh, Courtney Laws, yeah. Yeah. Rob Shaw, Billy for Napoli. I thought Billy Napoli was yeah. awesome. Ben Youngs, I think that's the best game I've, I've seen him play ever. <laughs> mm. Apart from the one pass to Laws that went astray for Tillersport's try, he, he was excellent. Mm. His running game, his distribution, a couple of tries. Yeah. It was great strength for the uh, for the second try to shrug off uh, Bernard Leroux. And, and go into the yeah. six. Yeah, that's, that's not too bad at all, actually, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's not, not bad at all. It's a shame his brother didn't have the best of games because, no. uh, well, we, we know that the, the French hooker came on and seemed to solidify their uh, their line out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, that's him. But Tom Young's came on and his, his line out throwing was a, was, was a big problem. I think it's very hard to come on after Hartley or Dills, as he's named in the squad. Um, because he's such a consistent uh, set-piece uh, set operator. Mm. So you come on after him, you can only really go, go, go downhill. Mm. Uh, I think Hartley is head and shoulders England, England, England's best hooker now. Uh, head and shoulders. I hope yeah. it doesn't... Tom Young's is so destructive around the field that I hope it doesn't cost, him, cost him anything. But, I mean, th- those are the times when your basics have got to be well, on the money. And th- No, yeah. no, no, there were two line-outs yeah. five metres out, and well, he, botched, he injured, botched both I of think, them. Isn't he? Is Weber injured? Uh, I don't actually know. I don't, but he's not, he's not been... It's been those two it's have been, been one two, and two yeah. Yeah, the I don't whole think, tournament. I don't think he's going to lose a squad position because I don't think there's anyone close to, lo- to those two outside of Weber. And if, that, and if Weber's not available... No, I know, but I mean, if Weber's available, he'd be, I mean, Tom Young would be devastated if he, yeah. if he was missing I, out on the match day 23. I think Tom Young gives him a, does a lot of things a lot different Absolutely. because of his carry. Absolutely, but what I get, the point I'm making is if you want that, that, that was as close as you're going to get in some senses the intensity of the rugby and the what was at stake to to World Cup knockout rugby and albeit England were winning by 20 points it Ooh. was it was the fact is they needed a try before the end of the match and he had two opportunities England worked their absolute socks off to get in a position five metres out and he, and he bodged both up yeah. what do you think of this it's an idea I've had for, for a feature right and it is to dispel certain rugby myths and why things are, are, are as they are. So it's not, it's not for this week, but some people might, might, might have ideas. Number one is, why do hookers have to throw in? It's a good point. Why? Because they're generally the shortest in the line-out. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Uh, so you want taller guys lifting and jumping? There we go. That Presumably that, that would be it. Yeah, and suddenly you've got like, Steve Thompson who was 6'2". 6'2", well, yeah. That probably would... I mean, but why not a scrum half? Yeah. Yeah. But then you need you want if you're going to go off the top, you want the scrum half at nine, so you can go off the top because mm. you don't really want your hooker or one of your back rowers trying to throw a thirty yard pass. Yeah. By rights, you've got you've got um, yeah, you've got your two props lifters because they're massive lumps. Yeah. You've got um, you've got your your number eight two locks jumpers because they're athletic tall. Um, seven is normally smaller, so I say the only other person that probably should be hooker or seven. Yeah, yeah but you often, certainly defensively, you want your seven at the tail of the line out. Well, it's not going to be Yeah, because they're, because they're defending the ten. The ten, yeah, because they'll be quicker. And that also, nowadays, sevens aren't like nil-back sevens. Well, they're like Warburton sevens. One of the reasons I thought of this is because there was uh, some talk, some serious talk in the England camp. And actually, it sounds absurd now. But they were thinking of having Will Greenwood go, go, go in the line out. Because he was lighter than everyone else, and, and he's one of the throw him up. Yeah, and he was one of the tallest players. Yeah, six four. Now, six, why is that absurd? Well, he's one of the tallest players at six foot four, and at, at the moment that wouldn't really measure up to even being an open side. I mean, the same height as Sam Warburton. Well, that's that's, <laughs> that's how rugby's moved on. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of how rugby's moved on, what an athlete Courtney Laws is. Oh, yes, he is. Uh, let's just listen to that that moment he hit Plisson, the French fly half. England away now, lost now! Nice team with the power to make it available. Courtney Laws Wow! I've not, I've not actually seen that with, with the sound. Yeah, ended him. That, that, that's, that's exclusive uh, egg chasers microphones that were on Freaky. the on, on, on the side on the sidelines at Twickenham. No, the BBC did not pick up on that. But England what? What an unbelievable hit. Isn't that just what he does, though? It's on his CV. <laughs> Highlight real stuff, isn't it? Yeah. He's... I, I was watching that with my girlfriend, and she was like, oh my God, is that legal? Is he allowed to do that? What's <laughs> happened? pretty sure the rugby authorities weren't entirely sure if it was legal or not. They had to refer it. Are you allowed to hit this hard? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think we're only, we're only a, sh- a short, short way away from... Big hits being outlawed. You just can't hit that hard. <laughs> it's incredible to hit that hard. And we can, we've got an exclusive egg chase of the interview now with the vertebrae, the spinal cord of uh, Plisson uh, following yesterday's match. Oh, this is horrible. Turn it off. <laughs> Turn it off immediately. I hate that. I could not listen to it. I'm taking my headphones off. <laughs> oh, dear. Is it finished? It's the way his neck snapped as like whiplash effect, wasn't it? It was something else. Oh, oh, that goes through me. You, you could almost make an argument because he actually, the first part of Plisson's body that hit the ground was his head, because Wait. just because of the force. What spear tackle? Are you thinking? Well, could, well yeah, yeah. you could. Uh, Where's the juicy of care, Phil? Exactly, exactly. He's taken him off the floor. Exactly. He's brought him down head first, That's a feet straight in the red. Air. Straight red. Yeah. S- safety first and foremost. Exactly. I was expecting uh, after the TMO asked to watch it. I was expecting a late tackle just because he smashed him. Yeah. But I, I quite like the. I, I was no. I didn't quite like. I was absolutely delighted. Let the boys play. No, let the boys play. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Nigel Owens is the best at that. Uh, and do you know what else I like? I like the fact that he awarded a try when it wasn't a try for Billy Vinopola. Is it Billy scored? Uh, gave it straight away, yeah. Just, just gave it. Don't, I don't need to see that again. Yeah, giving it. Billy and the, uh, well, the Nakatasi one where he arguably dropped the ball. Well, arguably. And there was a hair's breadth. That was, that was. But, but he but he gave it. I mean, I like that. I, 
He did, I think he did I've review come, that one. It took a, a couple of minutes to, to decide. I think I've come to the conclusion about what makes a good ref. Fast decisions. Fast decisions. And if there's eight infringements, only call three of them. Uh, yeah, I do agree with that point. Because we say it all the time, every single rook, you could ping either team for something. It frustrated me a little bit in that last couple of minutes where England were on France's line. And he blew up for... Uh, Going off the feet, England going such off the feet of the rook. Call, isn't it? It's such a like that has been happening virtually every single rook all game. Mm. Why pick that moment yeah. when you've got such a big, huge spectacle? Like the whole tournament is on the line. You're sounding a little bit like me. I am. But why? Why enforce the laws when they're the laws, Phil? No, there's there's is differences. There, a difference in there is a it's difference. England and you support England, and that wasn't unsafe. I'm I'm very much safety first and foremost. Yes, okay. absolutely. Um, it, it was uh, it, it was almost harder to bear that we got so, uh, England, we, yeah, me and Phil, for, for me and Phil it was we, we got so close. Um, and then not just so close as in within six points, but then so close as in within five yards. I know. Yeah. Oh. I tell you what, when the, friend, uh, the way that game ended. Oh, and I loved, uh, yeah, the way that game <laughs> ended, when you thought, oh, they've given, given a penalty, they'll kick it into touch, tap, go. I was like, yes! Yeah. Uh, when they did that, I, this isn't a joke, I stood up and I applauded. Bravo. <laughs> tap and go. There's nothing in it for you, On but your own it's line, a spirit of go. rugby. Yeah. It is. Right and, there. And there was, uh, again, we'll, we'll have to, it's choice language. So this language is warning, this is not safe for work, but this is a video which Chris Jane tweeted us. Is this of him watching it? No, this no. is some Irish fan. This is brilliant. An Irish fan watching, the, watching Irish? the last minute. So on the one hand, there's that penalty, which we were just talking about, uh, which was given against England. A yard out from France's line, and you're thinking, Ireland are thinking, game over, we've held out, we've won the Six Nations. Then France tap and go. Again, if you're easily offended, turn uh, just take your headphones or out or turn this off for just a second. Time up! Time up! Yes! I'm suspicious about this. I want to believe it, but I don't. Go home, Christopher! Go home! I think I'm with you, JB. I'm, I'm quite cynical, I, and I think he's done that retrospectively. I think he has as well. Yeah, but... We need to look into this, chat. Never... I'll be honest, I was shouting very similar, but the other way. The other way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Frads, what are you doing? <laughs> play, play! <laughs> Keep playing. Um, <laughs> I think it might be the last time we see James Haskell in white, though. Uh, yeah, finally! Finally! Oh, my God! Hear me now, believe me later! <laughs> James Haskell's got terrible hands. He cannot... He's, he's a physical specimen, but he doesn't play rugby. I love him. I just felt he had a bad game. He did. Him and uh, Big Loof. Big Loof yeah. did not have what, a though, good like, game. The other c- c- player who isn't great, He's certainly not the best player on the team, is Jack Noll. And 
if I was going to wear something to make myself look like another player, I'd probably try and look like George Ford. So at least when the cameras <laughs> pan over and, you and you, yeah, there's a moment, is it Haskell or is it Noel? And you get mixed yeah. up. Yeah. At least it was like, is that Haskell yeah. or is it George Ford? Yeah, there was, there was a couple of times I went knock on by Noel and yeah. it was Haskell. It was Haskell, <laughs> yeah. Butler got him confused a little bit. Yeah, so it, my tip for Haskell is dress up like a better player. Because <laughs> at least then, like, you might off. get confused. But, oh, yeah. that's a great kick for sticks by Haskell. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an idea. Good, good <laughs> Try by, oh uh, yeah, looking like Billy Vanapola or George Ford yes. would have been a good Dress call. Up like, yeah, either so, of those two. Is that oh. uh, James Haskell smashing police on, <laughs> <laughs> on the halfway line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, let's let's pick a team of the tournament. But b- before we do that, uh, we should, and I think we need some dramatic music for this because uh, we had over six hundred teams enter our fantasy rugby league, and thank you very much for getting involved. We were once again the the biggest and best league out of all leagues. Uh, but we have one winner who is going to be kitted out in some gorgeous Canterbury stash. Only the best for our winners. And that winner is, Phil? Big congratulations to... Uh, me? Uh, well, not not you, JB. Okay. We had two, uh, 618 entrants and you finished 602 out of 618. Yes! So uh, only 16 people behind you. Uh, in first place was Michael Clark's Wild Walkers with... 377 points, which put him 56th in the the whole entire world. Um, wow. Who he beat next in the Egg Chasers League, Alan Kirk, uh, who had Wilf- Wilford thirds. He beat him by by seven points. What? So, Good on you. It, what's his worldwide score, um, Alan Clark? Or? Uh, 50, Mike, Michael 56th Clark. overall, worldwide. 50, yeah, 56th in the world. And, and how, how big was our league compared to everyone else's? Oh, way bigger. I- yeah, way bigger. Well, have we got bigger. the biggest league on, in the ESPN? Yes, yes, we do. Biggest and best. Biggest and best. So we've got the biggest and best ESPN league in the known universe. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? My, Michael <laughs> Clark, you have got 250 quid's worth of Canterbury stash. You could pick from that beautiful gold um, top that JB's wearing right now. Yeah, you, you, it makes you look and feel like Jeff Paulin. I like I like <laughs> these tracksuit bottoms that I'm wearing. They are... And, and these ones which I'm wearing. Just, it feels like... Just angels cupping at you <laughs> after after a gym session it when does, you put these it? beautiful fleece line tracksuit on. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so well done, and thank you for everyone that got involved. We'll be doing that for the World Cup. Don't you worry. So uh, yeah, start sharpening your tools for that one. Uh, our team of the tournament, then. So let, let's. Divide- Is it worth doing a team of the tournament, or why don't we just yeah. read out? Oh, the, my, uh, oh yeah, go on. Well, we, Clark, I think we should do both. He's, he, he clearly knows yeah. his stuff. Who was in Michael Clark's team? Uh, so this week he didn't actually do as well as uh, some of the other people. Um, he scored 106 points and he had... Who's, who were his star performers? Uh, George Ford. Yeah. Um, ben Youngs. He didn't. He had Conor Murray. Uh, mm. He had George North, Hattrick, Liam Williams, uh, Jonathan nice. Davis, Billy Vunapola, nice. his try. Um, Paul O'Connell, who got the try as yeah. well. So that that was his performance this this week. Well, I think we should pick a best team, and here we go. You've got um, uh, look, we'll split. We let's split up the team into thirds, and we all take control of one third. We can chip in on each other's, but Phil, your expertise is out wide, so you take centres and back three. Yeah, uh, I'll take back row half backs. JB take front five. Mm-hmm. Start with your front five. Who's your, who's your front five of the tournament? Interesting. Hmm. Well, it's not going to be anyone. Uh, well, any any of the Welsh props. That that's for sure. I think the French ones have been kind of up and down mm-hmm. and it really pains me to do this but I think in England have had some of the most consistent props I think Marler has been exceptional he's been awesome yeah I'm, I'm totally with you on that and it's it's probably England's most competitive position bar, bar second row yeah. um, so, so 
to be ahead of that that list is uh, is very very good. Now the Irish love Rory Best. I mean, they they think he's got another fifteen years left at least, at minimum. Yeah. I mean, that that should be the minimum length of his next. Are you, you going to say your best hookers Cronin? You about to say that? <laughs> Absolutely not. All oh, right. Um, as the tournament went on, he got stronger and stronger. Ken Owens looked look, look brilliant yesterday, but I think overall it's got to be Dylan Hartley. Right. Yeah. I think Dylan Hartley is really very, I th- very I good. I think there. a little shout for Giraldini because in a, in a poor Italian team, he actually performed really well. I thought yeah. loads of ball carries and, um, and uh, his set piece was good. Guillaume Garrado, who got a couple of assists mm. at the weekend as well. His handling was superb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd go with Hartley as well, who didn't get a yellow card, astonishingly. Well, well so, done, you. Well done, Dill. He has grown. Yeah. And tight head, are you going Dan Cole then? I am going Dan Cole. Wow. I think, wow. I think his work at the breakdown is, is excellent. There's mm. no one in... Wales are kind of up in the air now, and the, the lovely thing about that is we will discover someone who is very, very good. Uh, we're bringing in all uh, all these lads. Uh, we've got... Who's the guy from Exeter who is... Uh, um, Francis. Francis, who's meant to be absolutely huge. So one of these lads w- will be good enough to play. And we'll just have to we'll just have to find out which one. Mm. Um, I was impressed by the the Welsh scrum, how it held up against uh, against the big Italian pack. So, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, okay yeah with that. maybe I think the Italian pack is now turning into a bit more of a cliche than an actual uh, real force of nature. What is uh, what's your second rose? Alan Wynne Jones. Yeah, definitely. just gets better with age, and he's only twenty seven. I mean, imagine how good he's going to be by age of 35. Imagine like, how old he's going to look by the time he's 35. <laughs> uh, and is it going to be, surely... The war horse himself? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be, He's uh, stabled up now until, until the World Cup. Carnal. And he's got to, he'd, be my, he'd be the team captain. What, I mean, what a leader. Awesome. To, to lose Brian O'Driscoll and have someone to lead your side with the pedigree and experience uh, and leadership what, skills I of that man. I think he's been leading the side f- for far longer yeah. than, uh, uh, than that. I think he's probably the default captain, even when O'Driscoll was there. Um, oh, but to have both, that was yeah. so rare to have one in a generation. But to have two like that, he, he captain. Did he captain? He captain the Lions tour before last, yeah, yeah. which Driscoll was on two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, all right, well, I'll go back row. Um, it's very competitive, very competitive. Well, it's I, obvious, I, isn't it? Billy, so. Billy Vanapola is your eight. Mm-hmm. I would definitely go with that. And then six and seven. Um, it's, it's particularly difficult to select between players. Um, Go on, Rob Shaw and Warburton. I'd, I'd try and accommodate both. Interesting. I don't disagree with you. I think there but are I other think contenders. You've taken a bit of an easy way out there because Warburton should, Warburton and Rob Shaw should be up against each other at seven, and you should get, and you should have to, you should be forced to pick an actual six. Yeah, with the exception of the French six because he's a seven, so you can pick the French seven. So you can pick uh, Bernard Larue as yes, a six. Correct. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, Go on. If you could, you have to pick a six. And hang on, just um. Yeah. Hello. Is that it? Where do you think I am? Put her on speakerphone. Put her on speakerphone, Jay. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Bye, bye. Everything all right? Yeah. She forgot, she forgot to set, set the alarm. Wow! <laughs> wow! Okay, uh, P- Peter. Okay, it'd be Peter Omani. Peter o- ah, I thought he had a quite a quiet tournament by uh, his his standards. But I don't. But this mm. is what I mean. I don't think there were any sixes that covered themselves in glory. Lydia Has- played Haskell's well. the last game. Uh, oh, Lydia's class. Lydia Lydia played yeah, well. but I don't think he like, was like, uh, incredible. No. no, he wasn't. Lydia two years ago. Like, of, the of, of the sixes, Omani and 
or O'Mahony. I don't know if that's just Eddie Butler. That's how he says it. I don't know if that's <laughs> how it should be. Tell me, Irish uh, fans. Um, I, and I would go, personally, personally, overall, all five games, Robshaw over Warburton. <laughs> Warburton looked awesome no. against Italy. Well, do you know yeah. what I'd do, Tim? I'd probably go with Warburton at seven and th- Robshaw at six. <laughs> well, <laughs> that would be how I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so but I mean do you disagree do you think Warburton what do you think Phil I think, it's, both. I think it's very very close I think you could pick either of those two I think uh, Sean O'Brien has, in the last game was yeah. absolutely sensational yeah. and hopefully he gets a good long stint of fitness and then he'll probably trump them both Potentially, yes. Uh, and halfbacks. Um, now, you might be expecting me to pick Ben, ben Youngs over the tournament. I think Conor Murray was the best nine, and I think George Ford was the best ten. But I, I, I could understand if Ben Youngs got the nod. Oh, and I could understand if um, Webb got the nod as well. Mm. I, I thought he was really good. Um, but yeah, ha- happy with that. And then centres and back three. Uh, I would go for Henshaw and Joseph in the centres. I don't think there was a really standout twelve. Oh, Jamie Roberts. How can you say no, that? No, Jamie Roberts. He got stronger and stronger. Against I mean, Ireland and as, against Italy, he was awesome. He's but, a standout rugby player. I know what you mean here, because he's a standout rugby player. He didn't get the ball against England at all. But he's won. Yeah. But he's not maybe the best 12. You know, yeah. If you're critiquing 12s as what you want a 12 to do. Yeah. I, I, I can I, see that. Yeah. He's still the best he, at what he, he does. Had some, yeah. At what he does, he's the best. But whether he's the best 12... He's definitely the best. Did you not think? Did you not think oh, Mer Moz on the strength of? I wouldn't say he would get in as your team in the tournament because it was only one game. But he was awesome against England. His footwork is ridiculous. Yeah, he was very good. But I think Henshaw, considering yeah. how young he is, um, and I think he played every single minute for Ireland, um, scored the most crucial of tries against yeah. England. Yeah, true. And it just goes. Defence was awesome. It just goes back to what I say. Like it's all about opportunity. Yeah, like they could have gone with Darcy, you know, you know. They and could jo- have gone Jonathan with... Joseph wouldn't have probably, prob- possibly wouldn't have got a game. Exactly, and this is why Stuart Lancaster is the luckiest coach in the world <laughs> because his plan, his genius plan, was to start these games with Brad Barrett. Hilariously, Brad Barrett goes down. What does he do? He picks the polar opposite. God knows how he comes to these conclusions because they're completely, <laughs> completely different players. But yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Uh, my wings would be. I struggled a little bit on the wings. I don't think anyone's been absolutely exceptional. I think a lot of people have had bright sparks and then some quieter moments, but I've gone for George North and the ridiculously exciting at times Nakatasi. Yeah. Uh, by the way... The With best... a little chat for Uge, because I think in a French team that hardly used him, he, he did manage to look classy quite Yeah, a lot. but Uge played, I think, every game, whereas Nakatasi only came in at the end when yeah. France were really on the up. Uh, can I say something about Nakatasi? Yeah, the best dummy kick in the world. He does it all the time. Where the like one, hold the yeah, ball one, one hand, hand presents the kick and carries on running. Go, he yeah. did it twice, I think, in in, in one run. <laughs> and a fullback because this is one of the other in terms of the tournament. Oh, what there's some amazing fullbacks. Uh, Stuart Hogg. Yes, I love watching Stuart Hogg. I, I think he combines everything beautifully well. Yeah, um, he's he, like an exciting Lee Hoffman, isn't he? Yeah, because his defence is awesome, because it has to be. Um, <laughs> it, under the high ball, he's great. His attacking is awesome. Uh, Carney was very, very solid, but didn't do much going forward. Halfpenny, mm. again, kicking superb, didn't do much going forward. Mike Brown probably would be my second choice, um, just because, again, I think when England didn't have him against Ireland, you really saw how much mm. they missed him. And when he does play, he he's but always excellent. Knowing not in games like the, the ones we saw yesterday, uh, on Saturday... And just in general games, the importance of goal kicking, I just think 
I changed my mind from the start to the end. I, I would probably, if I was picking a Lions team, I probably would pick Lee Halfpenny purely to kick sticks. Absolutely. Well, Which I, is the negative choice. When you see the rugby on offer, I'm doing what, what we don't want the coaches to do and I'd be going inside, inside my shell. But I thought his kicking was ridiculous. He is, he is a ridiculous well, good kicker. Well, he didn't have the best average across the tournament. Really? Uh, of the people who scored, who took more than five shots at goal, Greg Laidlaw was the best with okay. 94%, 15 out of 16. Very wow, good. that's good. That's I, very I, good. And how good was it to see him choking up in the national anthem? Yeah. Does anyone nice remember Graham Van Straten? Yes. He was on something <laughs> ridiculous like, I want to say, 49 out of 50 kicks for South Africa. Wow. I'm not going to use the fact button. No, don't. <laughs> really, don't do that. <laughs> that hasn't come from Phil. Well, uh, Patterson did it as well. He was on... Yeah, that was a scumbag manoeuvre by was. Patterson there, wasn't it? Patterson taking anything... Anything for the sticks. Ten, ten metres either side of the sticks, up to about 30 metres back. Do you know what we should do? We should have a YouTube video of kicking-style compilations... Or we should get someone to simulate the the, the, the kicking styles, and we and we have to guess because he had the very distinctive one arm in the air. Oh yeah, uh, metronome. Yeah, I mean the most ridiculous one at the moment is oh Quade Cooper. Quade Cooper's ridiculous, followed by Rob Cook. Uh, oh no, he's yeah. changed it. He's, oh, changed, he's the... changed his rituals. One where he looks like he's in the woods having a dump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing that anymore. I, I think they call it the dump squat, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we should do that. Okay. Uh, it was. I mean, let's let's quickly run through some of those what ifs, right? We got we got a, a tweet sent into us, and um, before a, a, a ball had been kicked or try had been scored uh, in the weekend, and they said, "What if?" And we got the answer to this, which I was quite pleased about. What if France are uh, England are six points ahead, needing to win by six points, and France have a penalty? So they could they could win the match with a try, or they could deny England a win with a penalty. What would they do? And I would have liked to have thought before the match, France would go for the win. They hundred percent would, and, and they totally would. And that was that was nice to see. Some other what ifs, Phil. Well, from from the first game, uh, what if uh, Leonardo Sato had messed up that? Uh, try which he scored in the end mm. which he almost did he, he was a two on one and he decided to go himself and very nearly messed it up well, uh, that would have been a Wales uh, tournament victory because then Ireland are chasing 27 points instead of only 20 but then would that have changed the way Ireland played and would what, it have been out of England's reach who knows they would have had to play the same way they did for a longer period mm. um, they would have been chasing the game more so they might have done some of those 50-50s that they held mm. on to that kind of thing and then the uh, what if Stuart Hogg gets the ball down oh. at the end. So England are only chasing 19, uh, well, 20 points, which is what they won by rather than uh, 20, 27. Do you know what might help? A, a bonus point system. No, you can't do that in the Six Nations. Because there's too few teams. No, because you could, then, you could then have a situation that you win every match, win the Grand Slam, but lose the tournament. Five four-point wins is could 20. You use them five as a tiebreaker. Five four-point wins is 20 points. And then four wins and a losing bonus point. Four five-point wins and losing bonus points. Well, 21 what about points. if you had yeah. the points tally, wait for this, as the tiebreaker? And what wins you it is your win percentage like in American football. But that the, the scenario Tim was describing, you'd have 21 points for the team that won four out of five and 20 points for the team that won five uh, out no, of five. No, because no, the points don't matter. Your win percentage is the first thing. So in American football, 
you have a 500 team or a 750 team or whatever it is. Well, that so, is, that, ah, well yeah, okay, I see okay. what you're saying. So the yeah. win percentage win is first. Percentage. So if you've got 100% win percentage, you win the yeah. tournament. Game over. If no one else has that, and then you... All right, so it's like a little coefficient, yeah. But yeah. I, I do actually... Watching this round of rugby did make me think about would mm. it be a good thing or a bad thing to bring the, the bonus points in? What we're sort of saying is we could have rugby a bit more like that a bit more often. Yes. In weeks one to well, four. Right, I mean the, the the Premiership, in my opinion, does turn out some more attacking rugby because the squads are together for longer, they've got better systems in place, and they are incentivised to score. Doesn't take anything away from Six Nations because you'll never see a defensive display like the Wales Island game. So just to recap JB's point, if you didn't quite follow it, what JB's saying is in NFL they have a situation where uh, teams are ranked on the basis of win loss percentage, which which is expressed out of a a score out of one. So if you win yep. every game, your score is 1.00, effectively 100%. Yep. And if you lose one game out of 10, your score would be 0.9. Correct. And 0.8 or, how it, or however it would work out. So um, only in the event of someone not winning a Grand <coughs> Slam or when someone is... <coughs> when someone is tied. Although arguably, you could just say we do have this all, already with points difference. Well, points four... Rather than points difference. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it, that's not a bad shout. At the moment, it's points four. That's right, it's points, points difference. difference sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's points difference. So it's if you you're it, in both attack and defence. If you said it was in the points four column, who would have won if it was points four? Uh, I think it was England. England. Yeah, it, it was England, 157. 157 to Wales is 146. Wow. To Ireland's 119. Just emphasising that they won on points difference, Ireland having only scored 119 points in the tournament, showing just how impressive their defence is. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Mm. Hmm. Just uh, And before we do the quiz, I just thought I'd let you know, JB, we have found someone who is probably less likely to win a quiz than you are. Hey! <laughs> Hilarious! <laughs> this person that appeared on Ejector Seat. What is that? It's a TV show. Gareth Bale plays for which national football team? John, it's him alive. <laughs> he was so confident. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, uh, Oh, my God. Well, if you keep losing, JB, then you, you will go up against him. Um, <laughs> just to give you a, an empty victory. But Maybe he's a rugby guy. Maybe, maybe, football's, not his, maybe football's not his thing. <laughs> just me at rugby. <laughs> right, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's do this then, Phil. What you got? Six questions. First question, very easy. What is Mike Phillips' first name? Oh, no. No, I read it the other day. I'll give you a clue, Tim. It is not Mike. All right, fine. I don't, I don't know. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say Ivor. <laughs> Ivor. I just picked a Welsh is name. Is it Lewis? <clears throat> what? Uh, it's not either. <laughs> it is William. Oh. It's his first name, William Michael Phillips. Yeah, do you know what? Willie uh, Phillips is a, a wicked name. A lot of Welsh people do this. I had no idea that my grandfather's name was actually John until maybe what? two years a ago. A lot, most Jacks back in the day, obviously recently it's become a fashionable name, but most Jacks were Johns. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Question number two. Who is the top point scorer in the Six Nations this year? No idea. Uh, I've written mine down. Okay. Ford. George Ford, I've written down, you saw it. Both correct with 75 points. Good going. Could have, could have been Cipriani, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Three. Question three. I want you to name the Ulster players who are in the Island 23 <coughs> this weekend. Uh, there are... Three there, started. There are four players. 
okay. which three did start. So, right, cool. so let's have a look at yours, Tim. Oh, right, I'm, just... I'm crossing them out and I'm, I'm showing you four. Okay. You have got... Oh, oh. hang on. One, I've just got one more. Oh, I'm no, you can't. Come on. Okay. Yeah, show you... him, show him. Let's have a look. You don't, you, you don't want to have a fix. You don't have a little asterisk next to your, uh, ne- <laughs> a, a victory, JD. <laughs> got, got it. Too okay. late, I've got it. Okay. okay, so the four I've got written down, Rory Best, Robbie Henshaw... Tommy Bow, Jared, oh no! Jared what Payne, have you done, Jared Payne? What have you done? What? Robbie Henshaw plays for Connor. Oh no! No! Yes! No! Yes! So no! Jay, Jay, your four are no best. Bow, Payne, Payne, Henderson, Henderson, Ian Henderson, Henshaw, Henderson. Yeah. Oh, I just wrote. Oh. <laughs> JB, no. Is it, was that the one you wrote down? Henderson, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, I knew the sub. I couldn't remember. Not who. a fix. fix. Not a fix. I'll give him that. So, we're currently five points to JB, four points to Tim. Question four. Who top scored in this weekend's Super Rugby? Huh? Huh? Who top scored... uh, Sorry, which player top scored in this weekend's Super Rugby? No idea. And I'll give you a clue. Only one team scored more points than this one player in this round of matches. I have zero idea. Uh, Cruden. Cruden. You both got Cruden. (laughs) It was Dan Carter. Oh, oh I nearly went for Carter! No, I nearly said Carter! Who scored 27 points, including two tries. He's so lucky that Dan Bigger doesn't play in his team. He would not, <laughs> he would not get a game. Oh, I'm getting nervous now. Question five and JB's one ahead. Question five. This is the last question. No, two more questions. God damn it. Only one Welshman has played... Oh, ev- come on, this is a has, fix! ...has played every minute of this year's Six Nations. Who was it? Okay. See, oh, I'm gonna say Tim has put Falatau, JB. You've put AWJ. I think he went off in the last game Alan when Win- we were at the Millennium Stadium. Alan Wynne Jones did go off when we were at the Millennium Stadium, Ooh! and Talupe Falatau stayed on every minute of every game. Yes! Wow! Come wow. on! <laughs> Okay, last question. Um, And get your pens ready, because I'm going to give you a little narrative. If the current Premiership TV deal with BT Sport is worth £150 from 2012 to 2017, and the new deal between 2018 and 2023 is worth 80% more than that, how much is the new deal worth per club Per season, assuming that all clubs get the same amount. Oh, he's so a that... financial advisor. <laughs> so that again. What, do I need the dates per season? Is so it per season again, or is it over the. If the current Premiership TV deal, TV deal, the BT Sport, is worth 150 million from 2012 to 2017, and the new deal between two, 2018 and 2023 is worth 80% more than that, how much is the new deal worth per club per season? Assuming that all clubs get the same amount. Okay. Got it. Got it. Right. Come on, JB, your financial advisor. Quick, we've got, there's got to be a time limit on this. <laughs> Surely. And give him. I was, I'm pretty good at maths. I thought I was rubbish. And you, know, <laughs> well, you, know, you, know, you know when you do stuff at school? Um, I don't know if I got it right yet. You yeah. know when you do it at school and you go, and you never use it again. But I've actually used something that, and that was, yeah. Okay. 
All right, so this is for a draw or uh, or one of us to win. So should we just write down so the per number? Per season, per season. So ten teams or twelve. Teams? Per, per team, team, per team, per season. So Tim, uh, Jay, have you got a figure down there? Four four point five million. Four point five million, Tim. Oh no, I've given it the big guns. We get it right. Two million. Two million. Well, I can tell you that. So one hundred and fifty million plus eighty percent. Is, is, is another 120 million which gets you to two- oh no I've added up all together how much more is it worth per team how much is the new deal worth per club oh no I've got season? how much more per season per team <laughs> answer the question oh, I asked no. how, answer the question I asked him I show my workings I know I know what I'm talking about I've got it right I've got 270 the deal yes 270 oh, is correct thank god, thank god. Uh, no, and there's, there's 12 I've clubs got, I didn't listen to the question there's 12 clubs yeah I worked out it was 120 million more which divided is by 12 teams 22.5 per club oh. across 5 seasons which is 4.5 million per club per season which means that JB wins the quiz on a maths question <laughs> listen to this drop the mic <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what? What was that? Dropping the mic and then walking off. That's like uh, most wrestling promos. <laughs> Just drop the mic at the end. Oh, I, I knew the answer. Did you? Because you didn't give the answer. No, uh, but I, I was working out how much more. I thought Phil had asked how much more is it per team per season. Nothing for you working out here, Tim. One point for the correct answer. Solid radio math, so, Tim. I'm just nervous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel more stupid than the guy who said AC Milan was the nation that Gareth Bale played for. Oh, thank uh, God for that. Right, okay. Right, is that, is that, that we done then? Should we go? No. <laughs> I don't want to stop talking about the rugby that we just saw over the weekend, but we're going to have to because there's games coming up and the, the Viva Premiership is back. The Guinness Pro 12 is back. Um, the Guinness Pro 12 is back? Yeah. Brilliant yes. news. Yes. The LV Cup will not be back for two seasons. Woo! And who, <laughs> and who knows even then? Um, Leicester against Exeter. How do you see that one going? Will the England players and, and internationals get time off, do you reckon? I assume they will. Not Exeter's. <laughs> well, uh, Jack Nor might. Jack, Jack Nor might, yeah. get a bit of a rest. Uh, Leicester, Exeter. Hmm. I hope Exeter bounce back. Uh, for themselves they were unlucky to win I've, I've got a oh no Leicester at home Leicester Despite at home Miles Benjamin's two tries Exeter will win this game wow uh, I think Leicester at home will just have enough mm. just, they've be had a, a week off and stuff haven't they they've pat, patched up all their guys yeah and they can have bring like uh, Manoa and Ayurza who'll be nice and fresh oh, after a couple yeah. of weeks off and Manoa? Brad Manoa Manipola 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 and Brad Thorne yeah. and Kirchner and those, that type five will be ready. Maybe I will go Leicester after all. Uh, Irish Newcastle at the Medeski. This is the big um, Irish Patrick's their Paddy's Day match. Oh, is it? Ah. They'll have a good old turnout of this one at the Medeski. Yeah. I'll let you call this one, Tim. You're the expert. Um, I'm going to go Irish. Uh, that's good enough for me. Newcastle do feel like they're on an upward trajectory, but I think, yeah. Only at home for me. Yeah. Irish at home should just have enough. Uh, all right. Saracens, Harlequins. Saracens. Sorry. Even at Harlequins. It's not at Harlequins. It's, 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 at the Aviva, so that's... At the... Uh, at the, um, the not Aviva, the... the um, Allianz. Allianz. Oh, Allianz. Even, more, even more Saracens then. Saris. Saris, yeah. Uh, and then we flip over to Sunday and you've got Sale Gloucester. Sale at Sale home. Sale at home. Yeah. Oh, Gloucester have just signed to- Tom Lindsay, who I really rate. Mm. That's the end of that story. Um, <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sale Gloucester. 
Is at sale. Sale, sale for me at home. Yeah. They're not too many people away with the uh, internationals, have they? No. And Northampton Saints at home to Wasps. Northampton Saints at home to Wasps. Saints. The, uh, give me the weasels. <laughs> <laughs> the Northampton Saints for me. Please, yep. Tim. Awesome. And... London Welsh Bath. London Welsh Bath. <laughs> uh, 50 Ooh, points to Bath. At the fence, uh, yeah, Bath to dominate. Comfortable. Um... And in Pro 12, there's a couple of good... Leinster-Glasgow looks like being a good matchup. Again, yeah. you imagine Ireland will just like go, nah, rest rest up, boys. Yeah. Keep feet up. It'd be sensible to, to rest a few players after after the Six Nations. Munster and, against Connacht should be a, an interesting game. Yeah, because again, Connacht don't really lose. They lose Robbie Henshaw. That's yeah, it. That's it. Oh, damn, Robbie Henshaw. I hate Henderson. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh. I'd be more, more concerned about your maths. <laughs> your maths was faultless just uh, you didn't listen to the question oh. well listen uh, what an unbelievable weekend thank you very oh. much for listening to the Egg Chasers podcast well, you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter you can subscribe at iTunes you can find us on the Acast app and keep an eye out on our Twitter page this week because we will be running a very special super dry rugby competition um, we've got the oh, I mean I've got, I'm wearing a gorgeous Super Dry. Oh, is that one Super Dry right as well? This is Super Dry. Because I this one from Super Dry. Yours is a Super Dry top. Yours is the kind of a Sergei Parise inspired. It's the way I make it look. But Italian. yes, I, I, do, <laughs> I, 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 I do take those comments on board. Thank you, Tim. And Phil, I think yours is called a Herculean shirt. Isn't oh, my it? word. You've got Super Dry on as well. That in sounds new, about right. In the new Super Dry line of uh, rugby gear. What, um, with gonna... the chances of us all coming to the same podcast in Super Dry tops. <laughs> We've all got fantastic taste, it looks yeah. like. Clearly. Independently bought excellent super dry kit, but all slightly <laughs> different as well. But yes, but so we can see the full range. Exactly. They have a new rugby range, which you will be able to get your mitts on uh, by keeping an eye on Twitter and getting involved in the competition when we tweet it this week. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us there. JB, nice one. See you next time. Thank you very much, Tim. Phil, see you next week. Thanks, Tim. In a bit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.